Welcome to Hillis Hills United Methodist Church. We are a vibrant spiritual community learning to love God, love others, and serve the world. I'm J.B. Briggs and one of the trustees here at our beautiful church, as well as a member of our prayer team. I'm so glad to welcome you to our church for worship today. As Christ welcomed us with open arms and a loving heart, we too welcome you. Wherever you have been, whatever you've been doing, no matter your past or present, you have a future. Christ came, lived, and died to ensure that future. If you're a first-time guest, please let us know by filling out the blue card. It looks like this. Find it outside the doors there in the Welcome Center. If you have a prayer request that you'd like to share with our prayer team, it'd be our great honor to lift you up in prayer. We have several options for you. You can fill out a yellow prayer request like this and put it in the basket out front. Or you can go to our webpage, which is www.hhumc.com. And when you get there, the opening page, you'll see a little green item about halfway down that says, for more information. Push that more information. 
Next page pops up. On that page, you'll see prayer request. Hit the prayer request, and you'll fill out all the stuff you want to get shared with us. Also, you're invited to become a prayer warrior with us. We are, we are a confidential prayer group, but by no means exclusive. There's a confidentiality form that needs to be filled out, and for those of you who believe in the power of prayer, we warmly welcome you. <clears throat> now for some announcements. We'd first like to share with you the administrative board will be meeting on July 12th at 6.30 here in the Education Building. The meeting is open to all church members. Just for Guys will be meeting on July 21st at 6. Please see Roy Allen for more information on that. And speaking of Roy Allen, the flowers today are donated by Roy in honor of his mother's birthday. And speaking of birthdays, we have our birthday, 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 birthday celebration on July 28th. There are RSVP cards out in the, in the uh, Welcome Center there. Please fill that out. Our Director of Christian Education has some more announcements for you. I think officially it's Director of Christian Education, but most people call me Jesse. <laughs> <laughs> and I haven't ever said it once. I've been attending this church um, for six years, I think, set almost seven years, and loving every minute of it. Um, my kiddos up here are going to come around with flyers for our youth days and pass them out to everyone in attendance today, because whoop, whoop. I guarantee every person in here knows somebody who is middle school or high school aged, or somebody who has a middle school or high school aged child in their family, or neighbor, or I don't know, if you go to the YMCA, you can pass them out to just about anybody. You can find youth at uh, the grocery store, at Target, at Walmart. I promise you will find a youth group aged student somewhere in your life to hand that to. We are trying to spread the word about our youth days. The first one is this Saturday, the 16th. We will be meeting at the Witty Museum to go through the exhibits together. They have this awesome exhibit right now on the power of poison to tour through. If we have a group of 10 students, this awesome thing happens where the price of the ticket goes from $20 to $5. And I would love for us to hit that. In fact, I would love for us to far exceed that price point or that, that number and have a, you know a, just a busload of youth there. If you are interested in helping in the youth program in any way, please email me at any time at children at hhumc.com. I know I act like a big child, but I, I do do to other things too, and you can reach out to me for that. So that is, that is the 16th. We're meeting at 10 a.m. and going till 2 p.m. We'll be getting lunch across the street from the Witty at the barbecue shop right there. I think it's called the Smoke Shack. And just having time for the youth to get together and to hang out and to make memories and enjoy summer because that's what we're supposed to be doing in summertime, right? The following day, July 16th, we'll have a MESA meeting. MESA is our cooking program that we have here for youth. Um, it is currently for a, a grades fourth grade and above. And students can come on out and learn how to cook and have a devotion and learn about the relationship with Christ and all sorts of things. And it's just a wonderful time of fellowship and food together. So that is the 17th at 4.30 p.m. right over in our fellowship hall. If you have any questions, I'm going to single out Miss Letty. Miss Letty, can you raise your hand? If you have any questions about Mesa, you can see that lady back there in the blue mask, and she'll be happy to tell you more about it. My final announcement is that the playground is currently closed, temporarily closed. Um, we have trees that are, they've, they decided that they don't want to be trees anymore, and they're coming down. And we want to make sure that nobody is injured on those trees, so please do your best to stay off the playground, keep kids off the playground. If you see somebody out there, please let them know that it's not safe to be playing right now. We have a sign up. We've posted it on, you know, on our slides, and um, we're getting it online, but we want to make sure that everybody's aware. So... Playground is closed until further notice. Thank you. Oh, thank you, Jesse.
All right. Our scripture reading this morning comes from Philippians 3, 14 and 15, and also 4, 8. I press on toward the goal, toward the prize of the heavenly call of God in Christ Jesus. Let those of us, then, who are mature think this way. If you think differently about anything, this too God will reveal to you. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is pleasing, whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence and if there is anything worthy of praise, think about these things. The word of God for the people of God. Please join me in prayer. Let us pray, Lord, we are thankful to be in your house today to continue our journey of learning more about you. Grant that we may continue to mature and grow in grace. Open our minds and hearts to hear and understand your revelations. Guide us to live in peace with you and one another. Keep our minds directed upon what is honorable, just, pure, pleasing, and commendable, that we will find excellence in your teachings as we think about your truths. Thank you for giving us minds to think as we seek your truth and grant us openness of heart that we will be eager to learn. In Jesus' name we pray through the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen. I'm going to invite the children forward now for the children's sermon. Which one sounds better, children's sermon or children's time? Which one's more exciting? Children's sermon? Okay, good. I'm using the right one. Children's, oh, we're split. Oh, no. All right, so we have, I have a question today. You team up with Noella? Children's sermon's better? Should we put it to a vote? Which one, which one sounds better? Does anybody like children's sermon? Raise your hands. What about children's time? Oh, yeah, I think that was pretty even there. <laughs> we'll call it a children's moment. There we go. Split the difference. Okay, so I have a question for you. Do you like junk food? Yes. No. no. You don't like junk food? You want to be big and strong. That's a good answer. She's been around daddy a lot, hasn't she? She wants to be big and strong, right? Junk food, I, I know that I have a junk food monster that lives inside of me. It's best friends with the sweet tooth monster that lives inside of me. And I love all things junk food, right? My favorite meal after a day where it hasn't been going my way is this giant plate of nachos. In fact, sorry, sweetie, I call them stress nachos. I eat stress nachos when my day is not going my way. And there might be a stress beverage that goes with them. But I, lo I love junk food, right? Who, who doesn't love a big bowl of ice cream on a hot day? Right? Or going to the county fair or the state fair and finding all things deep fried. Right? Just a row of deep fried food and all of the deliciousness that's there. Junk foods, it tastes good, right? And that's why we like to eat it. But what happens when we eat too much junk food? We get a big stomach ache, right? We probably uh, get, get sick in other ways. Our body might just not feel great. I know my, my, my body starts to feel tired. It gets sluggish. It doesn't want to do stuff. And sometimes your body gets extra weight on it, right? Maybe I should stop eating those stress nachos with all the cheese on them. That's right. So our body doesn't like the junk food. What happens when we put junk food in, in our body is trying to work with that, and it kind of just puts junk back out, right? 
Instead of us having energy and being able to do what we need to do, our body feels tired, feels sick. That's not how we want to feel during the day, right? That's what I would call junk health-wise. We don't want to feel tired or sick or sick to our stomach. None of those things, right? Did you guys know that your brain works the same way? Yeah? Well, you were at first service, so you, I hope you know. I hope you heard some of it. Our brains work the same way. We've, there's this expression called mind over matter, and that means what you think can change what's happening around you. Did you know that? And it's absolutely true. So if we feed that junk monster inside of our body, we don't feel good, right? If we feed, say, a negativity monster inside of our body, when we're just inside of our mind, more or less, if we're just focusing on all the bad things that are happening around us, if we're listening to the news and finding out all of the ways that the world is just terrible and stinks and we don't want to be a part of it because people are mean, we're going to be focusing on that, right? If we're driving on the highway and we're seeing all the ways that people are rude to each other on the road while we're driving, we're going to be focused on that. If we're walking through a store and seeing the way that people are rude to each other in the store, that's all we're going to see. The same is true for uh, an anger monster. Does anybody ever have an anger monster inside of them? Mine pops up every once in a while. <laughs> My kids both raise their hand. Obviously, I'm not teaching good things. Mine pops up every once in a while, right? And when you have that anger monster inside of you, all you can focus on is being angry, right? And you just start thinking about more and more things that make you angrier and angrier. And then you could have a sad monster or a self-pity monster. That's a good one, right? Poor me. My life is terrible. Poor me. My phone is not the newest. Poor me. My clothes aren't the most expensive. Poor me. I couldn't afford that new pair of shoes that looked super cute at the store. Poor me. My car only does this. My car can't do that, right? We get focused on the bad things. But the Bible tells us in that passage of Scripture that Mr. J.B. read, a happy monster. That's right. The Bible tells us that we should be focusing on good things. If we're putting good things into our brain, good things will come out. And that's what Mr. JB read on Philippians 4 8, right? If we focus on all of the good things in the world around us, like God has told us to do, good will come out. We'll start seeing more good. So instead of turning on the news and looking at all the bad stories, we can turn on the news and look at the stories of neighbors helping each other. We can turn on the news and see how many people are food bank service this week. We can turn on the news and see how the community came together after something bad. There were, I don't know if you guys realize this, but in the middle of COVID, there were all sorts of awesome news stories about the way people helped each other. And they were there. They're always there, right in the middle of all the stories of bad. We just actually have to take a moment and look at them. And then we can start seeing things like the way people are being polite at the store, the way they're holding the door open, the way they're helping each other in the store. Sometimes it's bending down to pick something up that somebody's dropped. Sometimes it's somebody who's taller than I am getting something down off of a shelf, right? There is good all around us. But if we're focused on the bad, we miss that good. And so my challenge to you guys this week as we go into Spark Worship and we learn more about it is to focus on the good around you and see all of the good things that God's put in your life. Because when you do that, your mind will overcome that matter, and it'll change the way you see the world. Okay, let's bow our heads, fold our hands, close our eyes, and talk to God. Say, dear God, help us look to your word and focus on your example so we can live a more positive life. In your name we pray. Amen. All right, we're going to exit out the side for our spark worship.
My name is Cheryl Broom, and I am the pastor here at Hello to Sills United Methodist Church. This is my third week here, and um, so far y'all have been really good, and I think I'll come back next Sunday, and I hope you'll come back next Sunday. You're going, no, not going to do it. Wouldn't be prudent. Vacation. I remember what that was. Well, we have a practice here, I've learned, at Holotus Hills of sharing our prayers together. And if you have a prayer request, all you have to do is raise your hand, and either Eric or Chelsea will bring a microphone to you that you might share your prayer request and we can hear it. At the end of each prayer request, we will say, Lord, hear our prayer. And so I invite you now just to lift whatever is on your mind or heart that you would like us to pray over for you today. I have a very close friend, her name is Rose, and her husband is, has been fighting Alzheimer's, and he is to the point where he doesn't recognize her or any of the family, even though they come and visit. She, he's being treated at home. He's a veteran and a teacher, and Rose is having to do a lot of the caretaking. And I told her that I would bring her up. Um, she and I taught like for 35 years together at the same school, and she's a marvelous person, so they need your prayers. Lord, hear our prayers. Okay, I want to share with you a prayer that we received online from our own J.B. Briggs, that our youth will be attracted here to ministry, our ministry, that our programs of ministry will continue to grow in vibrancy, reflecting the love of Jesus our Lord to our surrounding communities, and that we be known for our belief in the awesome power of prayer. Lord, hear our prayers. Also, we ask for comfort for families who have lost loved ones to gun violence across the nation this past week. Lord, hear our prayers. We give thanks for all the caregivers and first responders. Lord, hear our prayers. We pray for all who face surgery or medical treatment, hospitalization, and the tedious recovery that they will feel God's presence every step of the way bringing them hope and healing of mind, body, and spirit. Lord, hear our prayers. And now we'll just take a few seconds to go before the Lord in the silence of our own hearts to lift our prayers. Let us continue in prayer. Loving God, you have made all races and nations to be one family. You sent Jesus Christ to proclaim the good news of salvation to all people. Pour out your spirit upon us as we seek to do your will and work in the world. Protect the innocent. Strengthen the weak. Open our hearts and minds that we might honor and glorify you, O God, knowing that you hear our prayers and you grant us your mercy and grace. We now pray the prayer that Jesus taught his disciples as we say together, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread 
and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who have trespassed against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. So third week, third sermon. This is part of a three-week sermon series, so you'll have to come back to hear the rest. Last week was to love the Lord our God with all our our hearts. And this week, we're going to talk about how to love the Lord our God with all our our mind, our heads. And next week, we're going to talk about how to love the Lord our God with our hands. All of those are super important. But today, we're going to concentrate. Get it? That's kind of a joke. We're going to concentrate on our thoughts. I remember when I was a kid, I had this reoccurring dream. And when I was just little, and it has continued on even into my adulthood sometimes. And in this dream, I'm running and running and running and running from some evil force. I can't even see who it is or what it is. But I feel my heart beating in my chest. And just when I thought I would get caught, I wake up in a cold sweat with my heart beating strong, just like I'd run a marathon and I was listening for that scary music that you always hear with movies. Dun, 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 dun. But what I only heard was my heartbeat in my ears that loud, beating the drum. Our dreams are part of our mind and our thoughts. And you know, I can almost trace every bad dream to a bad thought, or a scary movie, or some horrible news. Something entered my mind and triggered that bad, bad dream. Have you ever had a bad dream? Have you had a terrifying nightmare? Then you know how very real your thoughts can be. Our thoughts, our mind, our inner and out of actions, both in our dreams and in our lives. And I don't mean to scare you people, but thoughts happen. 24 hours a day, seven days a week, 365 days a year, not only in our dreams, but in our waking hours too. We have multiple thoughts, voices in our head, guiding us, leading us every single day. Do you ever stop and think about what you're thinking about? Really, do you think about what's feeding your thoughts to your brain? I wonder what you're thinking right now. Okay, maybe it's best that I don't want to know what you are thinking right now. Psychology Today said that it has been estimated that the average brain, which weighs about three pounds, has between 25,000 and 50,000 thoughts a day. And 70% of those are believed to be negative thoughts. We all have thoughts of doubt and thoughts of fear. But we also have thoughts of love and thoughts of encouragement. And at times, it's confusing and hard to know which of those voices to listen to. Our minds are full of thoughts, our internal voice always chatting away, thinking about what happened yesterday, thinking about what's going on now, thinking about what the future may hold. Our mind is chatting all the time. And honestly, I don't know what you're thinking, but I do know it's super easy for our minds to wander. The question we consider today is, 
How can we keep our minds centered, focused, and full of loving thoughts about our God? Scripture reminds us to think about God, to think about the things of God, to love God with our whole mind. And Lord, I want to be a Christian in my head. It's true. The scripture reading for this morning, in addition to the Philippians reading, comes from Luke chapter 10, verses 25 through 28. And if you want to look in your pew Bible, it's on page uh, 946 in your pew Bible. And here we find in these scripture verses a lesson on faith and how to love the Lord our God with all our mind. So here's what it says. An expert in the law stood up to test Jesus. Teacher, he said, what must I do to inherit eternal life? He said to him, what is written in the law? What do you read there? And he answered, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength, with all your mind, and your neighbor as yourself. And he said to him, You have given the right answer. Do this, and you will live. This, too, is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Last Sunday, when we talked about our Christian love in our hearts, it's where we turn our emotions to God. See, the heart is the center of our emotions and our feelings. And our heart and our soul and our mind direct our actions towards loving God with our entire being. That's what we're told to do. Love God with our entire being. Now, the heart, it has more to do with intent and purpose and passion. Our mind is for thinking and reasoning, and it directs our attitudes and our activities and even our behaviors. The Bible teaches that it is the mind or the thought life which directs our being. It is the source of motivation that will lead us into action Yes, our thoughts matter when it comes to loving God with our whole heart and mind and soul and strength and living a life worthy of our calling as Christians. Today we focus on loving God with our whole mind. So I wondered, as you probably did too, how many times is the word mind in the Bible? You want to guess how many times do you think it shows up in the New Revised Standard Version edition? 150? You heard it the first time. Kathy said, I already know it. It shows up 324 times. Biblical citations for the word mind. So it's clear that God thinks using our mind, our thoughts, our brain, our head, is very much important for how we serve and love God. I challenge you this morning to take a look at one of those 324 verses and study that this week. Our thoughts matter to God because clearly every moment, whether we're awake or whether we're asleep, our minds are active and we have thought after thought after thought after thought. And our thought life matters to the quality of our life in faith. God did amazing work creating our brains, giving us the equipment we have to make sound judgments. God does not want our brains to rest idle No, God expects us to use our brains. And the Bible instructs us to think differently, to think maturely, to think about what's true and honorable and just, what's pure and pleasing, 
whatever's commendable, what's excellent, what is praiseworthy. Think on these things. And the Bible's filled with lessons that give us guidance to have the kind of faith in God that God requires from us. Romans 12, 2 says, we are called to be transformed by the renewing of our minds. When we do this, we choose to love the Lord our God with all our minds. And when you think of something, when you follow that thought, your life naturally follows it. Lord, I want to be a Christian in my head. There's a successful businessman, his name is Frank Outlaw, which kind of cracked me up that Frank Outlaw is famous for Christian reading. He said, watch your thoughts because they become words. Watch your words for they become actions. Watch your actions because they become habits. Watch your habits because they become character. And watch your character because it becomes your destiny. What will our destiny be? I've heard it said, when we fix our thoughts upon God, God fixes our thoughts. Isn't that a beautiful thing? When we fix our mind on God, God fixes our mind. I think that's wonderful. And if we're honest, well, we are in church. We probably should be honest here. We all struggle with our thoughts and controlling our thoughts. We all have sinful thoughts. They are constantly waging war in our minds. And the question is, do we dwell on those negative thoughts or do we fight to switch those thoughts? The verse before JB read, Philippians 4 verse 7 says this, and the peace of God which transcends all understanding will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. These come from those verses, and I want to remind you one more time about what God says we are to think of. So I'm going to pause in between each of these thoughts and give you just a moment of your own thoughts to think about them. We are to think about whatever is true. Whatever is honorable. Whatever is just. Whatever is pure. Whatever is pleasing. Whatever is commendable. Whatever is excellent. Anything worthy of praise. Think about these things for just spending time considering and meditating on scripture has the ability to lighten our mind, help us to better love, honor, and glorify our God. Our thoughts are important. 
And God has given us a brain with good and powerful tools for our quest to be more Christian in our head, in our minds, in our thinking. Do you know what sets us apart as Methodist? Now, if you think about it, you're going to know this answer right away. Methodists believe in using our brains. Yes, God has given us logic and reason to inform our faith in action. That makes me super happy to be a Methodist. John Wesley, the founder of Methodism, sought to challenge religious assumptions of the day. He and others, he had a small group that met together, and they would study the Bible, and they would pray, and they would receive communion, and then they would go out and do acts of charity. This group became known as the Holy Club, or the Methodist, because of the methodical way in which they carried out their Christian faith. Now, John Wesley, he was often criticized. Kind of interesting that he was criticized and mocked by other people for his methodological, for his way of studying scripture with method. But that didn't stop him. It didn't stop him from serving God with all his heart and all his soul and all his mind and all his strength. See, to be a follower of Jesus Christ means that we are all called to take part in a theological journey. Some people are afraid of that word theology. But, but to, when we think about the Bible, when we study the Bible, when we work on our faith, we are doing theology. We are taking part in a theological journey together. And all of us, everyone here, is called to participate in the work of doing this study in Christian community. It's our heritage because we are thinking Christians. Now, both the Old and the New Testament it has many, many references that we should love the Lord our God with all our, all our soul, all our, and all our. See, you've already memorized scripture. And when you're in trouble, that's really helpful to have that scripture memorized. See, Christian faith is not just intellect or emotion or just action. Christian faith is one of compassion and action thinking and reasoning, spirit and power. And through scripture, we find invitations and instructions to meditate on who God is, on what God has done, and what God is creating and has created. We're invited to ponder, to consider, to memorize God's word, God's deeds, God's truth in Jesus Christ. We are invited by God to have a mindset, a perspective, a worldview that informs our behaviors, our motivation, and our purpose, and creates in us actions that reflect our devotion to God. Now, fortunately, I have found some ways to turn off those bad dreams and bad thoughts. How do I do that, you ask, because you're Methodists that want to know? I fill my mind with things of God. Thank you, Chelsea, for laughing. I'm going to keep Chelsea up here for my laugh track. I fill my mind with images of God. It's literally like I switch the channel in my mind and I stop thinking of destructive, critical, mean-hearted things and I switch the channel and mindfully begin to think about what is true, what is honorable, what is pure, what is pleasing, what is commendable, what is excellent, and praise God. I also frequently go through what I call the ABCs, of God's characteristics. 
Have you ever done that? We're going to start today. I take a deep breath. I let all the negative thoughts go. And I start with the letter A and think of words that characterize God to me. For A, I might say, God is awesome. For B, I might say, God is beautiful. C, caring, compassion. D, devoted, determined. Earlier they said divine. But you see how that goes. You find the word for the characteristic of God. And you just repeat the ABCs all the way through to the letter Z. And I'll tell you, that's a hard one. Even for you, Melba, Melba Rose, it's a hard one. X has been probably, for me, the hardest word to do. So I usually just say God is excellent. I think God will forgive my spelling. But you see how easy that is. Immediately as you begin to think on God and God's characteristics in real and powerful ways through the ABCs, your mind is changed. Your heart is changed. And no longer are you allowing those negative thoughts to take over. That's the power of the brain that God has given us. And I am so grateful. Another way for you to do this is to read the Bible every day. There are so many Bible plans, both online, in the store. There's still Cokesbury online. There are zillions of Bible reading plans. You can read topical issues if there's something in particular you're interested in, like truth or sin or whatever the topic is. There are topical Bibles where you can study. But the matter is that you probably need to study because when we hold those words of God in our head and in our heart, they come out through our life. And we're no longer that person who is ruled by the things of the day. Now, you know, we have some Bible study classes here on Sunday, and they usually meet in the in-between hour. So I have found in my three weeks here that most people come at 9 o'clock. We have a big crowd, and then they go on to Sunday school. Now, you guys could come a little early and go to Sunday school and then come to church. The classes that are meeting this summer are Pathfinders, which is an adult uh, class led by Karen and Roy Baldwin, and they're doing a video series. They meet over in the Fellowship Hall. Also, our Shine Elementary Sunday School kids, led by Jesse, you heard about Spark Worship, and they talk about the topic of the day, the scripture, and they do crafts and play. Should we do crafts and play in here? Yes. Chelsea will be leading crafts and play next week. Because look, even little kids are worshiping God and studying scripture. And then we have the nursery class that Olivia leads, and they follow the same scripture, and they worship every week in story and craft. They meet in those nursery. Now, if these littlest kids, on up to the big ones, can study the Bible and come to Sunday school class, don't you think we can do that too? Should we be the role models for others? Okay, these classes also offer a safe place for you to seek answers, to ask questions. And you can also go through a topical Bible or a concordance. There are many, many ways for you to feel, fill your thoughts with God. Now, I'll tell you one of my favorite ways is I love to sing Christian songs. I even have some tapes that are scripture songs, and all they do is put scripture to music. And I sing along with that in my car, and then that fills me with God's word as well. I love to be in worship and to sing and hear praise music. Thank you, praise band, this morning. (laughs) 
really amazing. And that helps us to fill our hearts and minds with God. If you're a singer, come sing. If you're a listener, listen and let the music fill your hearts with God. Because when you fill your hearts with God, you shove all that negative stuff out of your brain. And when you shove that negative stuff out of your brain, it's out of your life. And your behavior will follow. Our behavior and actions always follow our thoughts. And you, my friend, are in charge of your thoughts. God gave us a good brain to use it. I heard a grandmother tell her daughter this week uh, when she was asking for an easy answer. She turned to her and said, child, use the brain the good God gave you. Use your brain. We are thinking Methodists, so I implore you to use your brain because the bottom line is God gave us a mind to use and the Holy Spirit as our guide to inform our intentions and move us into action. You notice the rest of what John Wesley did, meeting every week with his holy club, always led him into acts of charity. We're going to talk more about that next week when we talk about loving God with our hands through acts of charity. But what we think, what we believe is vital and will not only be found in our dreams, but it'll be found in us day to day. And our thoughts are proof of what we believe. With an open mind, ready and to seek and serve God, we can demonstrate our love for God with our whole being. You remember that verse you just led? We're, we are to love the Lord our God with all our, with all our, with all our, and with all our, and love our neighbor as we love ourselves. Oh Lord, I want to be a Christian in my head. How about you? Will you pray with me, please? I'm just going to say a line and ask you if you feel so called to repeat it after me. God, be in my head and in my understanding. God, be in my eyes and in my seeing. God, be in my mouth and in my speaking. God, be in my beginning. And in my ending, guard my heart and soul, mind and strength, in the power of Christ Jesus. Amen. Amen. Well, it is a great thing to love the Lord our God with all our heart and soul and mind and strength. If you did not have that memorized before, you do now, I believe. Next week, we'll finish our series on Lord, I Want to Be a Christian with My Hands. And how we do that always is with a joyful heart as we share our prayers, our presence, our gifts, and our service. And you may do that by sharing your pledge. You notice there's a box out in the Welcome Center to drop your pledge or tithes. Also online, I hear that we can give. It's pretty easy to do. There are little cards back there to show how you can give on PayPal. Well, whatever God has called you to do in action or response to this service, into the sermon, into the scripture. Live into that and love God completely with your whole heart and soul and mind and strength. And as we consider how to do that, I'm going to invite you to stand as you're able in body or spirit, and we'll sing our doxology together.
We come together always with a response, an invitation to discipleship. We are lifelong learners on a journey of faith to deepen our relationship with God, with Christ, and with each other. And we grow this with such gratitude. And when I read your mission statement, I feel encouraged to go out into the world. And so I want you to share the mission statement that you wrote in 2013 as we say together what we believe is our calling right here and right now. The mission of Holotus Hills United Methodist Church is to make new disciples of Jesus Christ for the transformation of the world. So you have your marching orders. You have learned what you need to learn today. You have everything. God has given you everything, every tool you need to go into the world and share your faith with others, helping to bring them to the beautiful knowledge that you have of Christ Jesus. You have the brain to do it. I know you do. Now, if we're going to close with this hymn. And if you feel called to be a member of this church, I encourage you to come forward to consider membership in the United Methodist Church. Thank you so much for being in worship today. It's great to see old friends, Austin friends, which are kind of old friends too, and new friends that I have met here in this congregation. And I pray God's blessings upon you as we part from one another. And I also pray that you carry the light of Christ out into the world that's so dark and needs to know about our loving God and how we love God with our heart and with our head. Go forth in the strength of this blessing. May God be with you until we meet again. Amen? Amen. Amen.